So I just want to give a general trigger warning, and I'll probably add one in to the top of the show, too, because I will be doing the intro and outro this I can, week. I can, uh, you guys probably already heard the it. intro, cool. but no, I already said it, so nope, now it's I canon. Didn't. All right, fine. <laughs> Nick did it. Maybe I didn't. We're going by Who knows? we're going by Bill and Ted rules where Don't. we claim it and then it happens, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I, we need a we need a trigger warning uh, just throughout this. So you probably heard one at the beginning of the show. What, but what, what is it a trigger warning for? General trigger warning. It's Bo Burnham. So he's <laughs> yeah. We've we've mentioned at this point the R word, not not the bad well the bad R word, but you know not the not the one that you call people, uh, but but the R word. Um, and now we're going to get into st- talks of suicide. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll need trigger warning for that as well. The date is Friday, August 6th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. In this episode, we're picking up where we left off, discussing Bo Burnham's new Netflix comedy special, Inside. That's right, we're making you some more content and delving into the depths of our own psychological torment that we all experienced during the past year. So enjoy. Entertain this. Alex Hi. here. Uh, it's your favorite show on the internet, Castling All Things Entertainment. It's Entertain This. Yeah, you said that already. It's Entertain This. Yeah, we know, we know what the show is called. Is this still yeah. part of the cold open? Mm. It's Entertain you're, you're This. The... <laughs> all right. <laughs> Cold open doesn't end until Michael does his part. It's entertain ah, this. ah. (laughs) Entertain this. (laughs) And that is the official end of the cold open, as always. Nice. uh, I'm Alex, the wild card. I'm Michael, and I like to party. I'm Nick, and I just talk into a microphone. Michael, you don't party. I know that. (laughs) You don't. I like to party sometimes. You don't party. (laughs) We like to party. (laughs) (laughs) One of these things is not true. (laughs) Who knows which one? Um, anyway, we're going to go ahead and get into this. It is the first episode of the month of August. This mm-hmm. year is literally sprinting by. It turns out that when you lock people inside for a year, it's like a flintlock. And just <laughs> as soon as you let them out, they explode straight through the year. I can't believe it's almost time to start thinking about Halloween costumes again. It's crazy. Speaking of which, do you guys uh, have any idea what you're going to dress up for as Halloween? for Halloween? I'll probably do what I usually do and wait until the day before before I actually come up with my idea. I have a concept in my head of um, painting three friends purple to stand behind me, and then I'm going to be in nothing but black boxers, and I'm just going to walk around going, my stupid friends are having stupid children, my stupid friends are having stupid children, because today we're talking about Bo Burnham's Inside. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I was about to say, I was going (laughs) to dress up as a... This is going way over my head. There's there's a joke here that I'm just missing. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to dress up as Aladdin or something, you know? Oh, that's a... (laughs) Something kind of Middle Eastern and... That's a good... That's a good joke. Mm. I'm not going to skin paint or anything like racist like that. Oh, man, we're going to talk about that today, too. It's going to be a little weird. Wow, pretty good. What about you, Michael? What's your what's your Bo Burnham related <laughs> what's your Bo uh, Burnham related Halloween costume gonna be? I need I need a uh, joke. Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> That's gold. That's absolute yeah. gold. Shimmering, Savage. shining gold. Um, the last time that I hosted the show, we went over part one um, of inside the new Bo Burnham special. We almost made it to intermission, but we we fell just under intermission. 
Um, so we made it about halfway through. We're going to go ahead and finish that up today. Uh, no matter how long it takes, we're getting to the end of the show. Mm-hmm. I have rewatched the last one or the last half uh, just so that it's fresh in our mind, in my mind. Nick has still refused to watch it at all. <laughs> so that's fun. I watched the first half. That's a fun little update. Michael, where are you at with it? I actually I did homework for the first time ever in my life. Wow. Wow. Look <laughs> yeah. at you. I know. I I went back and actually watched uh the last part that I hadn't watched yet. And nice. I, funnily enough, I ended before the first time right before intermission. Wow. So you got to watch the part that we'll be talking about today. All of it. Here's a short little review of what we talked about last time. We talked about songs such as content, FaceTime with my mom, how the world mm-hmm. works. Um, but we also talked about the sexting song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't yes. sex. It's the next best thing. And then we finished off on the skit where he is holding a knife in his hand and he's thanking you for watching his videos. And he hopes that you stay around for more content. And it's vaguely threatening. So if mm-hmm. you uh, if you haven't watched part one yet, go ahead and go back. and You can hear our uh, conversations on all of those pieces of this beautiful piece of performance art. Uh, we're going to move right along, though. The next skit that we see Bo interacting with is. Um, he is silently watching with disgust as he uh, projects his old YouTube videos onto the back wall of this little shack that he is, quote unquote, living in. Um, and he looks just absolutely disgusted. And it's clearly from his old YouTube days. And I think what's important is we need to note that there is a very dramatic shift in this Uh, series in this in this uh, special where for a while it's having fun and pretending and performing and yeah some things are like a little bit deep but most of it's just making fun of people things and making jokes Um, but from this point on and especially going into intermission we are going to see Bo um slowly start to fall from grace, quote unquote, uh, and lose himself in not only the art that he's making, but also possibly just the situation that he's locked himself into. Um, And a lot of people credit that as being what makes this special so beautiful and what makes it such an accurate representation of the year that it is based on. Um. Yeah. What are you, what are your guys' thoughts? I guess Nick, you probably haven't seen this skit, but Michael, no, you have. you saw yeah, it. I made it to intermission. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, got you. So then you did see this, and uh, if you guys have been long long term fans of Bo Burnham, then you've probably watched his YouTube videos as I have, and it was mm-hmm. actually a familiar video, and I'm sure that you guys remember watching it as I did and being like, "Wow, that's really funny." But then <laughs> here he is looking at it in disgust. So where are we at with that? Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't remember that specific video, but like that whole setup of like his like keyboard with him just kind of sitting there hunched over it mm-hmm. uh, was very familiar. And that was immediately just kind of like, oh, hey, what? and then it pops right into intermission. It's just like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nick, what are your thoughts? Um, is this before the song that is uh problematic maybe correct it okay, is yeah because uh, we'll get to the song in a minute i'm sure but 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was towards the end where I was just like, all right, I'm still vibing. Cause it, up until that point, like you said, it was more traditional comedy. Um, mm-hmm. in the traditional sense, like people do funny things sometimes. This is a weird situation we're in. And then I think that this, this is kind of like that point where things get a little, get a little serious. It starts having a fireside chat with us, a heart to heart. And <laughs> that's when I turned off the TV. <laughs> that's when I got a little too real for Nick. Well, we're going to force you head into this. Um, so, so be ready. You brought up problematic in your answer, which is <laughs> such a, a great segue because, um, I think the first couple times viewing this, you're just like, okay, well he's disgusted with himself. He thinks he sold out. This is maybe about like, um, his starts and his desperation to try to be famous. But I see it more as a moment of self-reflection. He is looking back at his former self. Um, and he actually addresses this face on in um, Problematic, the song that's coming up. There are a lot of people who have criticisms about Bo Burnham. There are a lot of people who gave up on Bo Burnham after his first special and just consider him to be an insensitive asshole who will make a joke out of anything. He has a famous line. This is going to be a trigger warning for anyone. Um, so just be warned. This line is not OK. And I think his song Problematic kind of addresses that. But he has a song in or he has a song called Ironic and there's a line in it called I always used to cry when I laugh, but then I was raped by a clown. And that's rough. Mm. Now, mm-hmm. people have from that point on kind of been like, fuck Bo Burnham, and understandably so. Um, now, where we stand on that, we don't have to get into. I'm not looking to cancel anybody on this <laughs> podcast, uh, and I don't think I would have to. But in Problematic, he basically says, why has nobody come after me yet? Like, I've watched all of these celebrities be canceled and taken down, like, why hasn't anyone come for me? I'm problematic. He has a line in the song problematic where he says he started doing comedy when he was just a sheltered kid. He wrote offensive mm-hmm. shit and he said it. Yep. And then he says, yep. father, please forgive me for I did not realize what I did <laughs> or that I lived to regret it. Yeah. Hey, um, we all did it when we were teenagers. How old was Bo Burnham when he started? 16? He, he was 16 when he started on YouTube. Okay. He started performing professionally at 18, but he was performing the songs he wrote at 16. Yeah, and I'm not, yeah, he was just performing the songs from his YouTube yeah, channel. And a huge like disclaimer here, like I'm not saying any of that is okay, but yep. I'm also not saying that we're all, you know, have flying a white flag here because we probably said those things too when we were teenagers, and we're not exactly proud of the things we said. The only difference between that and I guess Bo Burnham's comedy special is that he actually said it in a comedy special, and we just kind of said it on Xbox Live or wherever we happen to be. Um, yeah. He said it to the public. Yeah, it's still problematic. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> that that kind of goes into the whole thing of like, no matter how old you are, no matter what your culture is or anything like that, the internet is global. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone can read it and it doesn't really matter who you actually are. What you say, what you do, especially when you already have an audience, matters. Mm-hmm. And yep. Really, all of the stuff that comes along with that, no matter who you are, doesn't really matter. Sure. He goes on further and problematic to say, like, for Halloween, when he was 17, he dressed up as Aladdin. <laughs> um, and he's a problem for that because it's cultural appropriation. Now, that yep. is a, a lesser offense than 
the stuff we talked about before. So there's a little mm-hmm. bit of irony in this song as well, saying like, you guys will literally cancel anyone for anything. There's a little bit of kind of double talk where it's like, you should cancel me because there are several reasons that you should. But also I started doing like, it's a defense. I started doing comedy when I was a, a sheltered kid. Like I was a kid when I did it. Um, the reason why I see this through a different lens that isn't all innocent um, just to kind of play devil's advocate is because during this song, Bo Burnham literally crucifies himself. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there's a lot of biblical things going with, on there with with the lights that he has. He closes the shutters to make a cross and he's sweaty and working out. So he looks like <laughs> Jesus on <laughs> the does. cross. And he's mm-hmm. and during that transition, he's saying, and I'm really fucking sorry. Um, and is he? I don't know. but it's kind of for all of us to read into. What do you guys think? I, for me, like I thought like it genuinely was like, Hey, I've learned better now. I'm genuinely sorry. Uh, but at the same time, like I thought I, I interpreted the, like the crucifix scene as like, you're going to crucify me anyway. So yeah, here I am. Like he's I'm ready himself up on the cross. Like, yeah. And like, it, it, to me, it was almost more of like a comedic interpretation of him being like, yeah, I guess I deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this song is mostly about like, here's everything. It's almost like that rap from eight mile where Eminem's like, here are the several things you're going to bring up in this rap battle against me. Now, what do you have left to say? <laughs> And then the other rapper's like, literally, that's all my material. You just trashed yourself on stage and now I have nothing. Yeah. Um, but Bo does it in a way where it's like, yeah, I did all this stuff, but like, I'm I'm sorry about it. Is it really worth like crucifying me over? Yeah, because yeah. he after I've said all this. up to it, I think. And I'm not saying that completely absolves you of your sins, but it's it's a way of taking away ammunition from people that might use it to attack you. Um, so let's, let's conclude problematic with asking the big question. Do you guys think Bo Burnham knowing his past and knowing this special, do you think that Bo Burnham deserves to be canceled? No, no, I don't think so. I don't either. I mean, I don't either, but, but there's an argument to be made out there that he should be. Sure. And if you want to cancel him, I understand that argument. (laughs) He's giving you the ammunition. He's put it up on a screen. He's like, Hey guys, I said all this. It's out on YouTube. Go find it. But. I've owned up to it before you can attack me. So, and I think, and I think that for that reason, he can't be canceled Mm. because it's like, go ahead, like point it out, say this thing he did. It's not shocking. He literally just wrote about it in this special. I don't know. It's, it's not specifically for me that he like owns up to it per se, but I think it's because like, despite like his every like intention maybe with like within the song, like, and especially within the visuals. Cause like mm-hmm. even before the crucifix scene, the entire visuals are essentially him as like an Abercrombie model. <laughs> apologizing like an, for this. It's shit. like an eighties workout thing. Yeah. It's, it's a mix yeah. between like an eighties workout thing. And then it's like scenes like close up of him, like on his abs. Mm-hmm. Well, and, well let's, let's break that down. What is working out? It's self-improvement. It's, it's yeah, a little exactly. bit of uh, self-sacrifice, I guess. I'm not going to say that's yeah. like crucifying, but, but self-sacrifice <laughs> but, is interesting, but I think but self-improvement kind of what, is kind of what no he's pain, going no gain, for, you know? Yeah. And, and I think because of that, like 
to me, I think it's he can't be canceled for it because it genuinely seems like he's sorry for it and he knows it was wrong. Yeah, but he's also confronting it in a comedic way because that's how he's yeah, handling he's saying, it. He's saying right. I'm sorry with a smile well, on and, his face. Yeah, and I mean, like, from the get-go that we kind of discussed in part one, like, all of this horrible shit that he's going through and trying to cope with, he's trying to cope with it through mm-hmm. comedy. Correct. Through comedy. And that is the that is the <laughs> takeaway. <laughs> yep. So let's talk about my favorite, uh, my favorite Jeff song. Jeff Bezos personally no, sorry no no but you're close um <laughs> my favorite my favorite song throughout this is 30 so we see <laughs> bo burnham sitting in a dark room and he talks about how he wanted to have this done in like three months but he ended up working on it for a little bit over a year and he said i did not expect you working on this when i was about to turn 30 and it's like oh shit bo burnham's 30 like we're all getting yeah. old and it's that like realization that you get set into as you're going into this next song but before then he's sitting in front of a digital clock and it's at 11 59 and you get to watch him turn 30 30 um now it's depressing because it, it's gonna hit home with those people who had birthdays during the uh quarantine and it's like this is a huge birthday the 30th is a, is a big birthday um, and he does it alone, sitting in the dark in this creepy, dirty room. And it's just it's kind of sad to watch. Um, but he immediately goes into a kind of upbeat song. Like that talks about turning 30 and how his life has flown by and now everything is different and he's still the same. And he talks about how like he'll give it another 10 uh, but in 2030, when he turns 40, he's going to kill himself then, is exactly what he says. Yeah. Is that the old, uh, I'm, I'm not here for a long time, I'm here for a good time type of thing? Or No, I think that he's not being necessarily serious, not. but yeah. in the character he's playing, I think that he is being genuine. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, seeing as I just suffered a birthday myself, um... <laughs> Sure did. I suffered one. I didn't celebrate it. Um, but it's it's just like it's one of those it's a milestone birthday, but I don't know, it is kind of sad to celebrate it alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, years are just arbitrary things to begin with, but because we put so much meaning on like intervals of 10, intervals of like your 21st, your 25th, and then 30, that's like you're finally a young, not a young adult, you're just a regular ass adult. So um one line from that song that I wanted to bring up is, I think you probably did in the beginning, but um, your stupid friends are having stupid children. That resonated yeah. a little too hard with me because <laughs> they are, they're out there, they're doing it. And I don't want to see pictures of your kids. So stop posting them. <laughs> Cause it makes you feel old. It does. It's like, Oh, you get up every day and you have like the, the Mr. Krabs thing <laughs> when you're oh, yeah. old. <laughs> What I love about this, just if we can speak less from a meaning and more from just a technical analysis, the lighting in this song is so good. He somehow single-handedly accomplished the effect of a Greek choir, which is mind-blowing. And I have so much respect for Bo and his technical uh, talents, especially in this special that he kind of single-handedly produced. Uh, Michael, do you have anything on on 30? 
Michael, uh, are you 30? Too real. <laughs> too real. <No>. Too real. <laughs> Michael, you're the, you're the old boy of all of us, aren't you? Uh, I think I'm barely a little bit older than Nick, but yeah. But. but. Almost there. Um, but yeah, no, I, it's one of those things where like, I, like, like you said, Nick, it's the stupid friends having stupid yeah, kids. Stop having kids. Like things. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Where it was just like, as a person who like just got engaged at 27, where I feel like I'm behind the eight ball, like like for all of my friends, <laughs> especially like all of when you take like all the people I knew from high school, it's just kind of like I remember three years ago, like looking at like Instagram stuff, people posting pictures of their baby, just being like, ha, 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 ha. now you're tied down. <laughs> like now, like look at all this money you have to spend on this, this child now. <laughs> I get to go live my life free. And it's like, I didn't. Like I, I'm still here. <laughs> right. Said, I'm no. still here doing my nine to five shit. You know, I'm, I'm on that grind, don't yeah. <laughs> so okay. Um Fine. so at the end of 30, he says, uh, 2020, I turn 30, I'll do another 10 in 2040, or in 2030, I'll be 40 and kill myself then. And then immediately goes into before intermission a suicide speech where he's like kind of half-heartedly telling everyone, Don't kill yourself. He's like, Oh, come on, come don't do it and at the same time he is projecting himself onto his own t-shirt uh further down the timeline where he is now a bit hairier and uh Mm -hmm. a bit more disheveled and he's playing on his phone and not really giving much attention to him talking on his shirt where it's like kind of disassociating through this suicide speech um (laughs) i think there's a lot there but to kind of sum it up quickly or at least to sum up my thoughts on it if you guys have anything, we can add it in. But it it does kind of feel um, like in society, we hear a lot about people like call the suicide hotline, like suicide's never OK. Like there are people who care about you, like you should always think about other people. Um, and we kind of put these vague blankets over the problem of suicide. And it's never on an individual um, for the most part, never on an individual case by case basis. Uh, when the true problem is like you should seek help and go to a therapist and work through your singular issues. It's not about like, well, maybe you should try yoga. Maybe yoga will make you happy, you know? Just try being happy. Yeah. Hey, just, hey, have you just tried being happy? Like, don't kill yourself. People are going to miss you. Like, make it about others. Um, It just kind of fades into boilerplate at some point. Exactly. Yeah, we all know, like, the suicide number hotline, and we all know that, like, yeah, we should be more kind to each other and seek out help if you're experiencing depressive symptoms. But at the end of the day, it just kind of fades into the background and you're just left with, okay, I still feel like shit at the end of the day. What do I do about it? I think we can all generally agree that when people start to go into those rants, we all have a good idea of what they're about to say. Yep, exactly. So like when Bo started going into the like, don't kill yourself rant, he hit on a lot of points that are always hit on. He yeah, did. Like, obviously. <laughs> he did, but he also countered them immediately. Which like, because he also didn't believe it. He was playing the part of like an honest person giving that suicide right, warning. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, like, like it was an I honest mean it, but yeah. uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. Like the the one that got me was like 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 you have people that love you. Well, and he's like, well, that's uh, not true. Maybe uh, but, you but, do. But, I don't really you, know. You have people who could uh, love you. Like, and he's like, I, I had someone close to me kill themselves, and that was and a sucked. bummer. Yeah, yeah, so don't do it. You know. Um. After that, we go into intermission where he literally cleans your screen. Uh, 
through intermission, he like squirts down your screen. He wipes it down with like a glass cleaner as a I almost think a symbolism to be like, all right, let's wash away the bullshit. Now we're really going to get into it. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much exactly what we do. The first song that he sings is called "I Don't Want to Know," um, and it is a is a song breaking the fourth wall. It's kind of a meta, where he's like, "Are you even paying attention to this? Like, am I on in the background right now? Are you playing on your phone? I would ask you what you're watching, but I don't want to know. Like, I just want to assume that you're actually listening to me and taking in the messages that I'm giving you. But I think you're probably on your phone and not paying attention because that's how what? we." funny joke i'm sure that i was paying attention i'm sure that the listeners of our podcast are going to love your visual comedy um talking about yeah bo yeah great great comedy and it's that kind of a thing that that bo is saying like you probably turned on this special because you wanted to laugh and some of you are probably making out with your girlfriend right now and have no idea what i'm talking about and he breaks that meta immediately and breaks down the fourth wall and it's like if you're doing that i don't want to know but i am going to call you out for it like this right here is going to wake you up and you're going to be like oh shit I should be paying attention. <laughs> Michael, so, did he catch you? So what's funny about that is, is I you? had to rewatch just because like, I don't have a lot of time. I had to watch this like while I was working mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> remember this you. bit at all. <laughs> and then he got you with it for yeah. sure. I remember <laughs> the first time that I watched this, this plate and he's like, are am I on in the background? Are you on your phone? And like, I'm crying and my eyes are wide open. I'm like, no, Bo, no, you're not. I'm watching. I'm watching, buddy. (laughs) Um, The next thing that happens is the streaming skit, which is mm, so beautiful. A small Mm -hmm. Bo Burnham shows up in the corner and he does a skit where he does a let's play of a day spent indoors. (laughs) Um, And he's like thanking people for their subscriptions and um he's like at one point he's like dante thank you for the four months dante as in like dante's inferno as in like satan thank you Mm -hmm. for the four month subscription to watch me stream this um (laughs) and the game is called inside and he the he's literally playing himself trapped in the same room we've watched this entire thing in and his only options are to cry and to search um after he's searched he plays the piano for a little bit and he's like, oh, that seemed to cheer him up. And then he has to cry two more times before the end of the day. And he's able to pass that quote unquote level and the skit ends. Mm-hmm. Shit hurt. Um, <laughs> yeah. So again, we're kind of seeing him delve into the realism of this second half where we're watching the slow fall from comedy into tragedy. Um that beautiful link as they hold hands and ride into the sunset, the two drama masks. And we realize that uh, to, to have comedy there, there is a bit of suffering that has to go into it. Um, of course. So the next song is, I call it shit, but it's the one where he's like, wake up at 1130 feeling like a bag of shit. Yeah, that's right. We all know it because it's now an anthem for our generation. How fucking sad is that? Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of ironic. There's an irony of hype in the song. Like, it sounds like a hype up song, like, go to pour my coffee and I miss my cup, you know, like, but it has a, it has a sad <laughs> meaning. And it, it, for me at least, kind of symbolizes our unhealthy coping mechanisms for our, um, for our depression and anxiety. Um, 
and the way that a lot of people in our generation are like, I'm gonna fucking kill myself. And they're like, OMG, same, you know, like <laughs> that's a general conversation that a lot of people in our generation have. Um, sure. Where it's like, I wanna die. And it's like, me too. And you like point at each other and you like high five. And you're like, it's all a joke. It's all funny. But really, these are very serious things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the energy that this song puts out for me. What do you guys think? Uh, it's more of like a, I think if you're going to listen to this song in the morning, it's perfect for that <laughs> because maybe that's how you're feeling, but it's supposed to be like one of those pump up songs you listen to in the morning, you're pouring your coffee, you're like, all right, I'm going to get ready for the day. It's 1130. I feel like shit. And I'm still going to feel like shit when I go to bed. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if I see like a, like a much deeper meaning in it. Like, I think it's more so like. I don't know it could just as much as it could be like a deeper meaning of like this is how we're coping with this stuff like i also think that it's also just kind of leaning it really leaning into that like generational humor mm-hmm. of like yeah yep feeling like i'm gonna die today all right, right. <laughs> like, um, and it's just done very well in bo's way i want to talk perfect. about the the tech behind this song as well because he plays with lights a lot as he did in Mm -hmm. 30 and i love it when he does this but um there are kind of hype singers in the background so he's like wake up at 11 30 feeling like a bag of shit oh no all my clothes are dirty and i'm smelling like a bag of shit um when like there are those pauses where the backup singers are like oh Bo turns off the fun lights and just turns on one singular red spotlight that shines on his face. And he is just illuminated in like darkness and sadness for that moment. And then immediately goes back to the happy again Um, because he likes to play with these technical things as well to kind of push his point home of what he's trying to address. I just really love it. Visually, it is a, a very impressive show. And Nick, you should watch the second half. Anyway, let's keep going. Okay, geez. Oh, geez. Um, he next talks about his ATL or his um, his emotional status being at an all time low. And this actually like a- triggers another song, but it feels almost un- un- unneeded or inadvertent, um, almost as though this need to sing and write these funny songs is starting to torture him. Um, he says, uh, sometimes I just, you know, I get this feeling in my body way down deep inside me that um and i think that's more of a narrative tool where it's like yeah this is still funny i'm still gonna write these funny songs but you know what this is and spinning that right off of like the the shit song just hits so hard you know what i mean Mm -hmm. this this song also went viral on tiktok So next is a is another very uh, next is a very famous song from this special, and it's "Welcome to the Internet." Um, This is a banger. This song is a banger (laughs) with such deep and terrible messages hidden within it. Um, And I mean, the song sort of explains itself. It is very straightforward in characterizing and humanizing the internet as this being of knowledge and entertainment that will at some points make you really happy and at some points be used as a weapon that will make you really sad or it can be used to make other people happy or to completely depress and ostracize other people um 
And throughout it, he talks about how the Internet started as this innocent thing, but the plan was always to make it this powerful device that can be used for all of these terrible things. And slowly as he goes on, the Internet goes mad with maybe power or insanity because it just has changed so much and has become this very dangerous tool. What are your guys' thoughts? Michael, I'm interested to hear what you think as a web developer. Your job is the internet. Um, <laughs> yeah. What are your opinions on the internet as a concept, and how yeah, does this song relate problem, to it? Michael. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. No, so, <laughs> He's not. For me, it's one of those things where, like, at first, like, in my first, like, year or two of being a web developer, like, it feels like this giant, plane where like everybody is creating really cool stuff there's all these awesome products and it as time goes on like and as you start working more and more like yeah that is still there but at the same time you start to realize how much responsibility there is to like creating good environments around what you make Mm -hmm. Uh, and creating products that don't contribute to other parts of society that are going to do harm to actual people. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is something that I wish could say, I wish I could say is something that's like a universal thought around like the web as a whole, but it's clearly not. Mm -hmm. Um, No, it's tricky. Yeah. And like, there's tons and tons of people who use the internet to like, just to make money, whether that's like in a good way or a bad way. Like there's plenty of people who use it just to further their own goals. And it's just like speaking of making money, this episode of entertain this is brought to you, but I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> oh no, he's doing it. <laughs> but yeah, like from, from my side, it's one of those things where it's like, there's just so much responsibility on the creators to do more. Yeah. Like we're, we're, we're in a place right now on the internet as a society, I guess, like, I guess the internet counts as its own society. Um, where it's the fifth dimension, yeah, it, where there's just so much like polarization and toxicity that has been allowed to run rampant for 20 some odd years now. 4chan existed for far longer than it should have, yeah, and it's it still exists. Uh, <laughs> well, that's sad. I was just on there today. It's what one of those things where it's like, <laughs> of course, you were. It's one of those things where you, it's like, on one hand, in order to have the Planescape of being able to have these awesome creative products. We need to allow the freedom that people currently have to just kind of put anything on the internet. Right. But clearly has its downsides. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think there's like some boogeyman behind the scene that's been wielding the strings of the puppet master all along. Cause I think that's a little conspiracy theory. I don't think anyone said that, but go on. <laughs> okay. I don't think anyone's saying that right now. Okay. I'm, I'm certainly not. I mean, depends but, on, depends on what part of the internet you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, different parts you know, are ruled differently, I guess. 4chan actually is Suck. run by one guy, unfortunately. <laughs> on 4chan. It, I'm sorry. They think it's the same um, guy who is like disguising himself as QAnon. I hope it is. No, I'm kidding. Oh my um, God, Nick. <laughs> Nick, he, he had to stop with the questionable shit, my dude. <laughs> I'm problematic. You know He's problematic. <laughs> Problem- Anyways, uh, the well, this, this is such a great song because the way it plays with musical things is something that is something I need to cast light on because it starts off as like this kind of medium tempo type of thing. Mm-hmm. Tempo is like the speed of the music pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then when it goes back to like the, the 1990 part where it's like just before the towers fell, yeah. it kind of slows down a little bit. And I think that's reflective of like the pace of our lives on the internet because when it started out, that's all it was, was chat rooms and 4chan and, you know, little funny memes that you looked at. But now it's so much more. Like for instance, when, when I first started going online, you know, surfing the web as, as the kids are calling it these days, I was looking at memes and that's all I was looking at, like memes and Wikipedia and finding stuff for research papers. Now, what do I have? Like, I don't know, five tabs open. One's Reddit, one's Facebook, one's YouTube, one's, you know, MySpace. It's too much. It's too much stuff going on all at once. And I know that each one of these sites has their own agenda. And I don't think that's too conspiracy theory-esque to talk about. It's like, you go on Facebook when you're feeling angry. You go on Twitter when you want to spout some garbage. You go on YouTube when you want to make a stupid video about something. It's just like, what's the end goal here? And it's obviously to make money. It's obviously to control the the populations that are on these sites to buy more ads and watch more stuff and buy more things. And it's just all a cycle that must continue forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the state where we're currently at. But I think something that a lot of people would be surprised about is how much important parts of how much important parts of the Internet are made by people with like just like small but gross uh uh, uh, what's the word? Communities? Podcast. No, oh. not communities. Uh, intentions. <laughs> intentions is the word. Okay. Oh, special like, interest groups. Like, well, no, I'm talking about the... like Facebook. Like Facebook oh, is yeah. a perfect example. Facebook. There was only well, six people spouting information about the vaccine. Well, six no, it, apart from that, it would. Well, yeah, I guess to go along with that, Facebook started <laughs> as a way for Mark Zuckerberg and his friends to rate the different women on the Harvard College campus. Yeah. Mm. So it's like and something it's that started <laughs> with this already gross, like intention that then was just like, oh, I guess this could be a lot more. But those gross intentions <laughs> now just evolved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like this muck monster that's down in the sewers and then yeah. you keep dumping more garbage and garbage into it. It's it's like you're dumping. Like, yeah. It's like you're dumping more and more garbage on it, but you just try and keep spraying it with like more powerful air fresheners. I think it's My a lot. Is, <laughs> stay back. Yeah. I think that it's a lot like the oceans right now mm-hmm. because we clean up parts mm. of it. You know, like there are parts that are safe. There are parts that are better. Um, and people love those parts. But then the garbage keeps coming. So we have to keep cleaning up other parts. And then these parts get covered in sludge and disgust. And then we have to clean them up. But then this part got covered in sludge and disgust. And the sludge just keeps coming. And we can keep trying to clean it. But how long is that sustainable, you know? (laughs) But but we keep consuming the sludge. That's part of the problem. It keeps being created because we want more of that. And that's the cycle that keeps going on. And I don't see that breaking anytime soon because we're still going to watch memes and tiktoks and whatever else that's on the internet yeah i mean until we get bored of it really yeah that's kind of what this song's about i mean apathy is a tragedy right and boredom is a crime Mm -hmm. i can't remember the last time i was actually bored can you yes really i'm constantly bored i don't know it's for me i guess like a good way to kind of tie it all back together to like bo burnham's entire kind of not with specifically with the song, but a lot of what he talks about within the special is the internet as a whole is kind of made up of a bunch of unintentional successes. Um, <laughs> like Twitter, Facebook, 
Like a lot of (laughs) for just as much stuff as there is that has been fantastic and has been created unintentionally or created and then become a giant unintentional success overnight. There's plenty of stuff that was also like specifically tailored to appeal to the Internet culture. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to uh, to distinguish between the two. But only one of those is actually set up to handle that success. Yeah, it's an evolution type of thing because it's survival of the fittest. Mm hmm. I mean, humans, we just have parts that work just well enough, not that work the best. But now, I mean, that's how the internet started. And now we're getting into the evolutionary biology of like internet ads. Mm -hmm. Like this ad is performing really well. Let's show them this ad. This ad is not performing so well. Let's kill it, you know? Yeah. So it's a scary thing, machine learning. (laughs) I'll leave it at that. Yeah. There's an episode of Nathan for You, which is a TV show on Hulu that you can go and watch. But he's trying to help a petting farm by... (laughs) by making a viral video for them um and he stages a pig saving a baby goat a baby pig saving a baby goat from drowning in a pond um and the video goes viral the world is talking about the world has seen it and at the end he uh basically says what do you think like we we went viral and she was like yeah but there's nothing about the petting farm in this video and he's like i think you're being selfish this isn't about you she's like the only reason we did this was for me and that feels like such a good like (laughs) definition of the internet that i don't i don't think anyone could capture it better another show that's worth watching nathan for you um but let's go ahead and move on so after the welcome to the internet uh, one, Bo comes back on and it's kind of a sloppy skit where he's holding the camera and he's ranting into it. And he's like, um, when I started this, I only thought I'd work for it for three months. Here I am like a year and a half later, still working on it. And he's like, and I'm afraid to finish it because if I finish it, that means it's over. And that means that I have to like go and go outside or like go and do something that isn't making this. So he says, so I've decided I'm never going to finish it and I'm not talking to anyone. Fuck you. Fuck this. And uh, let's keep going. Let's keep making this. And the show continues on from there. Um hmm. And I think that these moments in the show are what make it so real for people where there were people who are like, we actually need to go check on Bo Burnham. Um, (laughs) Even though this was like filmed in his pool house and he still lived like in his mansion with his girlfriend and their dog. But the character that he played was so real because of these moments that I just feel it important to um, kind of pick up on these. This skit where he's like fuck this, fuck you, let's keep going, immediately ends with uh, Jeff Bezos 2. He starts singing the Jeff Bezos song <laughs> again, immediately, uh, but this time in a ghillie suit, uh, just randomly, it's, and he just okay. screams at the end of it before the uh, before the thing continues. Uh, I don't think there's anything super special about this. I just think this is a, a part of the character that he's playing that that character okay. is slowly losing his mind. Maybe this is just a good song if we're going to say that yeah, much. Yeah, no, and okay? I think that that's why he does it again is because it's just a bop and he knew it. So he did it again because it's chaotic and a, a bop. Well, you know, my audio will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, cut this part out. But yeah, <laughs> it'll no, be fine. I, I don't know. I kind of saw it as like, like conspiratorially, like looking for someone to blame for all of this like intentionally dressing himself <laughs> up as like a crazy person and personifying mm. that. And then it's like, like Jeffrey Bezos. Ah! Like it's like, yeah, it's your fault. It's like, it's all Bezos's fault. I know it. 
<laughs> it's of course not, but you know, whatever. Um, could, if we could backtrack for a minute, the, the scene before that, where you talked about, um, I think that part was more about pandemic hobbies that we all kind of picked up <laughs> just out of boredom. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was on the, the making bread train for a while. I remember that much, but in, at the end of it, people were just like, meh, I don't feel like doing this anymore. Yeah. It just kind of cast it aside. Like, fuck it. Nobody's ever going to become famous because of this. I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what my quarantine hobby was? Podcasting. Podcasting, but also just eating a shit ton of food. I gained a lot of weight. Yeah. I'm not afraid the to say it. I'm yeah. still trying to lose that weight. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'd be like that. So let's let's jump back in at so he does the Jeffrey Bezos rant in the in the ghillie suit. And I think that, like I said, I think this is a a, a character uh reveal, kind of giving you more information that Bo is slowly losing his mind trapped indoors. Um yes. the next skit, we literally hear people clapping and Bo go from like frowning and upset to hearing the clapping and like looking up and looking around like he's sitting in front of an audience and then getting super super happy to kind of show like the clapping's not really there but Bo hears it because he's losing his goddamn mind hmm okay it goes into a um a kind of stand up comedy routine um where he goes into what he's learned while in quarantine. And one of the things that he says during this rant really hit home for me, and I'm going to not quote it directly, but the kind of vibe of it is he's learned that the real world is more like a coal mine. You need to suit up, go out, get the necessary materials, come back and then return to the real. uh, He says the much more real digital world where basically you're on the internet and you're talking to people on the internet and you don't come in contact with others. This is safe. This is how life should be, is what he's saying. Um, It's, of course, sarcastic and ironic, but it does have something to be said about people who... uh, let's, Let's go with influencers for a moment, who go out to a fancy restaurant just so that they can take a picture of their uh, food and post it on Instagram so they can get all the likes and then they go back home and that's all they do. (laughs) They're so focused on the digital scape that they lose track of actually enjoying what they're doing. Yeah, we've all been there. Mm -hmm. Luckily, the medium that we have chose is one where we sit down once a week and then we have to spend the rest of the week out there in the world or we can't talk for the (laughs) hour that we're supposed to each week. (laughs) Hmm. Um, it's, it's interesting because I know a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, did live their lives online mm-hmm. almost completely and only went outside for essential stuff like food. And they did have to suit up. They had to wear a mask. And guess what? Now you have to wear a mask again, apparently. So that'll be a fun return to, to normalcy. So the next song that he sings is That Funny Feeling. He starts it out like he's sitting at a campfire with a bunch of his friends, and he apologizes because he says he can't really play guitar nor sing, which we all know is a lie. <laughs> but as he, gets, as he gets into it, we realize that this song is a softcore encapsulation of anxiety mm-hmm. and um, mm. depression. Uh, Chloe had an interesting take on it where she was talking more about how this could be relating to suicide yet again in saying that funny feeling is the feeling of just wanting to end it all. Mm -hmm. Um, 
<laughs> this song heavily relies on uh, the apocalypse or uh, basically the apocalypse coming on. And the reason I say that is because it ends in a sort of bridge that it's like, hey, what can we say? Uh, we were overdue, but it'll be over soon. Just wait. Kind of the fall of society, um, which is what I take away from that funny feeling is just the anxiety that it's all coming to an end. Yeah, that's not what I got out of it whatsoever. Nope. But I'm, give I'm it another listen. <laughs> oh, no, I'm I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just that's not how I came away with it. I was like, um, can I draw a weird comparison here? Can I? Am I allowed to do that here? Oh, on De- this on this completely depends. opinionated podcast? No, never. Yeah, yeah, yeah go Nick, ahead. Depends oh. on what you're gonna compare it to. <laughs> Don't you so dare. War, no, <laughs> no, we're not going there. I was gonna compare it to uh, Billy Joel's "We Didn't Start the Fire." Ooh. Because you listen to all the things that Billy Joel is going off about, like you know, uh, basically the end of the world or just events that are happening like from 1950 to 1990 ish. And people thought, you know, like the nuclear bombs are going to drop at any minute and we're all going to be dead. I kind of thought that that's what this was about in a weird way. Like just the past year or so taking that and blowing it up into a song. Um, cause it did kind of feel like the world was ending several times. Um, and yet here we are. So figure that out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't come away with it. I thought that funny feeling was in reference to um, maybe like existential dread or something like that. Just like, because derealization, <laughs> everybody Google searched that word and it's just like, huh. Yeah, I don't like what that says at all. Because mm-hmm. that's maybe what you're dealing with at the, at the current time. But um, different strokes for different folks. Thanks for your opinion. And I don't think you're wrong whatsoever. I think you're right. Thank you for yours. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's art and it's up for interpretation. <laughs> so we're both right. <laughs> You're supposed to call me wrong and an asshole. No, but you're missing you, the point of a podcast. No, but you did it. You're you're doing great. Um, <laughs> the next skit feels so important to me because it is actually kind of an outtake that ended up staying in, where Bo is sitting in front of the camera and he says, "I've been doing this for a year," and then he fucks up the line, and then he starts it over. He says, "I've been doing this for a, about a year now," and then he fucks up the line and he smacks himself really hard on the leg, and then he says. I've been doing this for a year. And then he fucking throws the mic down. He says, I can't fucking do this. I can't. I can't. And he walks over the camera and he turns the camera off. And it's like, he's, he's really losing himself here. Um, this is, I feel another vignette into, um, the psyche of the character that he's playing, which is like, he doesn't even know what to do anymore. He, at this point, he's been inside. He's done all of these different songs. He's done all of this performing. Um, at intermission, I like I said, I think he wiped away the bullshit uh, or the <laughs> facade, and after that was cleaned away, this is what we get. We get a mm-hmm. bow that is losing himself, losing um, losing control, uh, and growing more and more frustrated with the situation uh, that he is more or less trapped in. Yeah, it's raw. Yeah, absolutely. it's absolutely raw. Yeah. Um. The it immediately goes to a camera shot pointed back at the mirror, which we'd seen before with a very slow zoom in as he's talking. And he says, um, he says, I think it's three words. No, it's four words. He says four words and they are probably the four most powerful words in this entire series or in this entire special. He says, 
I am not okay. And he struggles to get it out. He says, I am not okay. And as he says it, the second okay leaves his lips, he breaks down and just starts crying. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And the camera just keeps zooming in more and more and more until all that we see is the black of the camera lens. Uh, the first time that I watched it, my immediate reaction was, I'm I'm forcing him to do this. I am the one who wanted more Bo Burnham. I loved his content. I wanted to watch it. But what does that cost him? Hmm. I'm here. I'm sitting here watching it. Yeah, he made it. Um, but I'm the one who's watching it. So in a kind of Schrodinger's box where I forced this box open by watching it, I've forced him into this is what I got from the slow zoom into the camera, the self-realization that I am, I'm the reason he's doing this. Hmm. So Doe was advocate. He wouldn't be doing it if you weren't watching it. That's true. But I also see where he's trying to make an art piece and he's trying to be like, Hey, I'm doing this for you. At the very beginning, he starts off the first song, like I'm making some content here. Here it comes. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, it, it gets into this kind of thing where he's like, this took something out of me to make. I don't know why you're watching this. Why do you want to watch me hurt myself? Yeah. And, and I, we, we I think it's, it. it's written that way for us to be like, why are we, why are we watching this? Because as much as this is about solitude and being trapped inside in a year of COVID, we've had a lot of songs that have referenced that. Yeah, Sure. This, I don't feel like, is in reference to that. Uh, though I do feel like being trapped inside probably has led him to this position. This feels like a culmination of a lot of things that Bo Burnham has been dealing with for a very long time. Mm -hmm. That maybe have been triggered by the situation that he's been placed in. Well, yeah, because yeah, like... The, kind of destabilize things. Yeah, because the whole... A lot of the idea is like he can't distract himself anymore. Mm -hmm. Ooh, he's got to he's got to deal with it. He's got to lock himself into a room and fight himself in a way. Yeah, and it's it's Michael. You said that, and it kind of lit me up because it's in a mirror. He's he, this mm -hmm. shot is in a mirror. It is he's looking at him. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. looking at himself. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow! Especially wow. after googling derealization, it's like look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself like I am not okay. Yeah, no, and like in the therapy process and the getting better process like that is one of the most important steps because mm -hmm. like just as much as you can joke around about like you're like haha i'm depressed this sucks like it's not until you have that like very real moment of self-reflection and realization of being able to tell yourself on a very real level like yeah no i'm i'm not okay <laughs> yeah or something's wrong that's another thing you can say yeah something's wrong with me and uh that is kind of this journey that Bo's taking us on. Yeah. I, I wanted, I want a quick correction there, Nick. Like I, I think saying, I, I don't think it's healthy to say like something is wrong with me. It's one of those things like that can lead down a pretty dangerous path when it comes to like dealing with mental health stuff. And so mm. I just want to be clear on that. Like there's nothing like if you are dealing with something like this, there is nothing wrong with you. This is just the way that you're, biology it for a lot of people is just configured at this point and 
And it's okay to say you're not okay because you can seek help for stuff. Yeah, that doesn't mean you're broken. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you there's something wrong with you. That just means that there your body just has a different way of processing things. Yeah. Hmm. Well said. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about now. Bo Burnham has quote unquote broke the fourth wall a lot, but I think that this previous thing that we've just talked about, especially going into this song, is so powerful. It's called "All Eyes on Me." And it's more of like a it's more of like a Kanye rant um, is kind of (laughs) what is kind of what it feels like. But uh, there's this vibe about it that's very professional as he's like projecting himself on the wall behind him and he's just like jamming out. And you're like, okay, this is a musician like we know Bo like he's just jamming. He's like feeling himself. Mm -hmm. Um, And he talks about like how at the beginning of the like at the beginning of 2020 in January, he finally felt like he was starting to get better after he had quit comedy for so long. He had taken the steps and he wanted to start performing again. And then the pandemic immediately locked him inside and took away all of that (laughs) progress that he had made. Um, (laughs) Which is, you know, terrible and, and very sad. But uh, then he says like, he's like, everybody stand up like Kanye would like everybody stand up. And then he goes, (laughs) get the fuck up. I said, get the fuck up. And then he comes over and he picks up the camera and it's he shows so much in picking up that camera that I feel defines the experience of this, uh, this, this, I don't, not series. It's a special, you know? Yeah. Um, (laughs) it's very special. Yeah. Sorry. It's just, this is such a powerful moment because he shows us the room that he's filming in. He shows the wires and the garbage on the ground. And he shows us that he's singing to nobody. He shows us that he's alone in this room and that when he turns off the camera, he'll be alone in this room again. He's not talking to anyone. There's no one to stand up. There's no one to clap. There's no one to hear him. Uh, he is, He films from the waist up, but we find out he's not wearing pants. And it's just this moment of this guy who you're idolizing and you see as like this, this star, this celebrity, this is him. This is where he's at right now. So mm-hmm. he drops the camera at the end of it and it clatters to the ground and that's it. That's not the special, of course, but that's it from, from that song. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. that moment is just like, hey, welcome to what this is. It's just me. And it's as alone at the end of the day. It's as sad as you feel like it is. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to make art that's nobody going to see? Yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to make art that nobody's going to see? Yeah. That's it. Because I certainly don't. Is this the song? I don't remember exactly. Is this the song where he talks about like, yeah, you try and tell a joke when there's nobody there to laugh at it. That's the next song coming up. It's called Goodbye. Um, Ooh. And Goodbye is a song that actually he starts filming at the beginning of this. Um, he says, potential ending song, take one. And he is in his black shirt from the beginning. He's shaved and he his hair slicked back. And at first, when I watched this for the first time, I was like, oh, Bo like, went and got a haircut. Like He's taking care of himself again. He's like, okay, this is the end. We made it through it. Time to go back to normal. No. He filmed that at the beginning because he wants you to see how far he's fallen since then. 
because it shows him start singing at the beginning and then slowly transitions into Bo at the finale. His beard is long and grown out and scraggly. His hair is unkept. He's wearing a white T-shirt that is stained and wrinkled. And he's just singing goodbye. Like, this is it. Like, I hope that you're satisfied with what you got because this is what it is. And then it slowly turns into, like, um, this is how it ends. I promise I'm never going to go outside again. Like, I don't need it. And then he starts to call out the audience. Like, it's almost over. I hope that you enjoyed it. This is what it is. And then he rebuttals some of the stuff that he said at the beginning about um, if you're trapped in a house that's full of smoke, don't panic. Call me and I'll tell you a joke. And it's like, oh, that's funny because it's like comedy can't really help you right now. But then he's calling out to the audience like if I get trapped in a house that's full of smoke, let me call you because I'll need you to tell me a joke. It's like I'll need you to make me laugh in the moments that I am down. I'm upset. I'm sad. (laughs) And he turns those lyrics completely on their head to have a different meaning where it's like, yeah, I know I can't do anything for you, but then it's like the realization, like you guys do so much for me. Um, And you have to do something for me. And I need you guys to do this. Maybe not you guys being the audience, but the people he loves and the people he cares about, the people who he actually would call and have them tell him a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and the special ends that's it he goes outside he finally opens the door and when he gets outside people are laughing yeah a as a spotlight, spotlight yeah as a spotlight shines on him and he desperately attempts to go back inside after going through this um because he's he looks scared he looks tortured he looks like he wants to hide from this uh laughing audience that he seems so desperate to have before mm-hmm. and he can't get back inside the door's locked behind him and he just collapses to the ground as the laughter swells uh and we slowly see that he is projecting this image onto the back wall he's actually still trapped inside much as he was watching his youtube videos And he laughs at himself. He joins in at his own torture um, and just starts laughing. And (laughs) it fades to black. So what do we take away from that? I had a few. I had a few takeaways. (laughs) What's even real anymore? That's the first question. At first, like when I saw it, I initially thought like, oh, okay, this is him kind of like giving us all permission to laugh at his misery. Like making this still like a comedy special. But then the mm-hmm. more I thought about it, the more I thought about like the look that he had uh, while he was smiling. And it's kind of like it's this very like sadistic, mm-hmm. like, like <laughs> finally, like uh, and it was just kind of like looking at himself in almost like an evil way to finally accept that this is where he is and this is where he has to be like he has to stay inside and now he is happily stuck here but because of not good reasons yeah what i took away from it was if you want to sum up the entire series you can pretty much or i said series again but special you can pretty much sum it up from these last few clips 
because after making this and being this vulnerable on camera, I'm sure he had a moment where he was like, I can't put this out. If I put this out, like, what's it going to do to me? Um, and it is kind of that fear of opening up, going back into society, having to deal with all of that pressure again that is put on you and realizing that you can't go back. You can't take back this special once you send it out. And then finally watching it, he's now watching the special at the end. It's the final product premiering up on the wall for him to watch. And that sadistic look is like, well, what are you going to do? It's comedy. But you're left feeling kind of shitty about it. Like, (laughs) yeah, I watched it. I enjoyed it. But from what Bo looks like right here, it doesn't look like he enjoyed it. Yeah. Isn't that kind of art in a nutshell, too? That is what it's, separates this from a comedy special in my eyes. It is art. This is I'm not gonna 100% art. Yes. Yes, exactly. Let's do final feelings on our overall vibe from uh, inside. I <laughs> have watched this special, at least in the teens, because it resonates so well with things that maybe we're not comfortable talking about or situations that we all feel like we're in but don't have the confirmation so we all still kind of feel alone even though it feels like we're all going through it um Bo takes those things and makes them real for everyone Bo uh kind of makes himself a martyr to uh get up and say yeah I feel like this And I'm thinking you do, too. And yeah, I worry about this. This gives me anxiety. The Internet gives me anxiety. Uh, I hate seeing like streamers sell out for this reason and for white women to feel like the only way to bring value to their life is to post it on Instagram or to have only um, conversations with my loved ones through my phone. This stuff gives me anxiety and it makes me feel like none of this is real. Um. And that's how I've been trapped for the last year. And I don't know what it's going to be like when I go back into society, but I'm afraid. This is all stuff that I at least know that I felt uh, with the last year going by and now adjusting back into a quote unquote normal society. Uh, And I think that in any other attempt to do this, it would feel uh, it would feel fake. It would feel plastic. It would feel insincere. But somehow Bo Burnham was able to pull it off. And I think that's very impressive and very telling of Bo Burnham's talent. And uh, I'm glad he did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. I think for me to kind of follow up on that, and this is definitely like more of like a personal interpretation of it, or not even necessarily interpretation. It's more of just like what I'm realizing now that I have fully watched it. And knowing like how I am when it comes to like media uh, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. The thing that's the thing that I find really sad about this piece of art is that despite the fact that we've spent all this time talking about it, that while I'm watching it, I recognize and see all of this stuff and like all of the like seriousness behind it. After like a week or two, I know in my head most of the special is going to be reduced down to a few catchy lines from some songs. Yeah. That's, that's been floating around in my head too. It's, (laughs) it's those hooks like, uh, 
Jeff Bezos, once again, mm-hmm. the Bezos line, like that's just kind of floating around in my head forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also like the, I don't know, just like pick a line from any song yeah, like, and that's, yeah, it's liable to be in my head at one point or another, but um, it's, it's very profound. I'd say if I could sum it up in one word, it's profound because it, it kind of condenses the past year of 2020 and kind of what we all went through. Some people had it worse than others. And I think Bo Burnham was playing a character that maybe didn't have it the worst, but certainly wasn't a fun experience. And I don't think anybody can go through the 2020 lockdown and the pandemic and all that and say, that was fun. I want to do it again because obviously nobody does. But, um, if, if I, when I start having stupid kids, um, and taking pictures and posting them on Instagram, I'm going to show them this picture, this motion picture. I'm going to show them this comedy special and be like, this is, you want to know what 2020 is about? Watch. This mm-hmm. is what, this is what it was. It wasn't fun. Okay. <laughs> and I lived through it. So take that and learn from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think any had, documentary crew could have said any better than he did. Yeah. No. I, now that I think about it. Yeah. There, I, don't, I haven't seen any piece of media like in the last year that can sum up this last year as good as inside does. Because nobody yeah. has the guts to really get into how it actually felt. Yeah. Yeah. From a, from a feels perspective, this is very good at summarizing how we all felt during the past year. Yeah. From a historical perspective, I think we're going to have to wait until CNN produces a documentary or something like that. And like people didn't want to wear a mask and get vaccines and go into all of like the history about it. But this is a good, a feels capsule, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I bet that they mention this when they, when they do finally do that CNN 2020 was, <laughs> um, so that's it for inside. We've completed our part two. We are going to do something a little bit strange on the show. We usually do a promotional spot here, but we are no longer doing that. Um, I feel it is necessary for us to uh, kind of make this announcement now. Um, The Scene Snobs Network, the network that we have been a part of for the better part of 2021, um, has dissolved. We Mm -hmm. are no longer with the network. The network is no longer in operation. It is now defunct. Uh, We are flying our own, but we have a lot of really cool stuff in the docket coming to entertain this. And we are not slowing down. The show's not going anywhere. You're going to get your episodes in the same way. We are speeding up, I would say. A lot of great opportunities have opened up to us. Um, So all that being said, nothing's going to change. But for now, you guys don't get a promo section. Instead, we are going to jump straight in to our Quick This. And maybe realizing that there's nothing between the main show and the Quick This may possess Nick to make some sort of an animation for the Quick This. Anyway, Michael, I believe you have a quick this for us. So when you're ready, uh, we'll get a timer going and you can take us away. All right. All right, all right, all right. Just let me know when you're good. I will. You best believe I will. Okay. Here we go. Ready, set, go. Dope. So we've talked quite a few times about how We've grown up within the entertainment sphere with Star Wars for all of us kind of being like a milestone uh, piece of media. 
And we've like done form- two extravaganzas. Exactly. And like we, we've talked <laughs> a lot about how it forms like this very large like cornerstone of our entire interpretations of movies as a whole. Um, I had that same experience, but like a lot of other people soon after that, I had a slight twist. Mm. Um, I went over to when I was about like seven or eight years old. Uh, I went over to one of my friend's houses expecting to sit there, hang out and eventually watch like a movie. Uh, At some point, uh, his dad put on this movie that I had never heard of. But as soon as it came on, I heard the like the Star Wars theme song (laughs) with the text scrolling and everything. Uh, And I was like, whoa, Star Wars. Yeah, let me go get my let me go get my lightsaber. And all of a sudden, I start actually reading the text that's going along. And it's just kind of like, wait, what's going on? And this was the first time that I ever watched what ended up becoming one of my favorite movies for a very long time uh, called Spaceballs. (laughs) Uh, I'm giggling already. (laughs) Now, let me ask you two very quickly. Have you two seen Spaceballs? How dare you yes. question that I haven't seen a piece of Rick Moranis' cinematography. <laughs> Wonderful. So You went over my helmet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's 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 one of the, my favorite things about like this movie. There is so much that you can just quickly glean because of its like very apparent parody of Star Wars as a whole. <laughs> and along with that, the comedy and the writing in this is just absolutely genius. Like from every step of the way, from the moment that you're introduced to our spinoff parody versions of Han Solo and Chewbacca uh, to like the moment that their first bits of comedy are pizza, the hut. Uh, (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I don't actually remember the name of the main character, but I remember barf. Uh, yeah, (laughs) uh, he's half man, half dog. He's his own best friend. (laughs) I'm a mog. Yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) And it's one of those things where like, I have gone probably like the last like eight or nine years without really putting any thought into this movie. And all of a sudden, just out of nowhere earlier today, it immediately popped back into my mind. And (laughs) there I just was going through all of the different scenes and because of how impactful this movie was to me as a kid and like my comedy as who I am as a human being right now, I can still chronologically point out exact scenes from this movie. And I would be able to tell anyone the the, the exact plot of this movie with the actual small <laughs> scenes going from all the way from start to finish. And I think this is one of Mel Brooks's like absolute best films that he has ever made and if you are a fan of star wars at all give Spaceballs a try we need to do an episode on mel brooks i call dibs okay that's cool please do he is a parody (laughs) artist where weird al is like a a music parody artist mel brooks is the movie equivalent yeah like we got use the schwartz we got Spaceballs. (laughs) we got smoking guns we got young frankenstein oh my god blazing saddles yeah. Oh God, Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Oh, we need it. We need an episode. <laughs> Should I go yep. ahead and say it? you can make that movie now? <laughs> That's everyone says that. As soon as you bring it up. That's true. That is true. 
Thick Nick, you We're got us. Space you got us next week with a with a fresh new topic. We will be back next Friday with another engaging episode of Entertain This right here on your favorite spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can watch us live now on our Facebook page, our YouTube page, and our Twitch page. Um, all of those are usually just the aforementioned website slash entertain this. But if that doesn't take you to us, then go ahead and throw a down vote at whoever it does take you to. And then do a quick Google search and you'll find us. Um, <laughs> um, I'll be antagonistic. I'm not. And just a small suggestion. They can take it or leave it. <laughs> we have um, something new and exciting coming down the pipeline. Uh, that we are very excited to announce to you guys, but it's still in its formative phases. So once we are able to announce it to you, we will. There are Mm -hmm. actually a couple of things. So I'm sure the two of you are trying to figure out which one I'm referring to, but um, they're both equally exciting. I know know Um, one of them that I could probably spoil right now. Well, let's not spoil it. The episode's already out. Huh? No. Oh, no, 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 that's no, you're thinking it. Nope. That's not it. (laughs) No, I mean, you're wrong, sir. Also, that episode doesn't count towards the total canon of the thing that we're making. Uh, now we're just dropping uh, was, hints, guys. Don't give okay, it was much. a pretty, it was a pretty good so, hint. So an Ahsoka, I co, the the icosahedron. Thank you, the D twenty. <laughs> yeah, we're working. Okay, let's just fuck it. We're working on. <laughs> we're working on a second podcast that our hopes are to release monthly, called Project Icosa. Now let's not get It'll too be, into the details. Let's keep a little bit to the to the to the imagination. Yes. What I will say is it will be a long form RPG podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave it at that. Um, and we're excited to do it because if you like the three of us, you might like the three of us being goofy uh fantasy boys. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. so <laughs> we hope you tune in for that as well. Um other than that. As always, if you have anything that you want to hear us cover on this show, please drop us an email at uh, www. Nope, 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 nope. Entertain this podcast at gmail.com. It's been a while go. since I've done that. It's been a week. Um, you can also visit our website. There's a quick little form you can fill out at the bottom of the page. Our website is www.entertainthis.net. If you fill out that form, it also sends us something straight to our email, but it's an easier way for you to communicate with us. If maybe you don't want to like write out a complete formal email, I totally get it. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're entertain underscore this. You can also follow us on Instagram for weekly updates on the episodes that we are dropping. Maybe you'll learn that you have interest in the thing that we're talking about before you even see the episode go live. Um, Our Instagram is at entertain uh, entertain this podcast, I believe. That's That's it. it. You got it. Nice. You got it. Um, you can also follow our Facebook page if you want to have notifications for when we go live. You can do the same on YouTube. Subscribe there if you ever miss an episode or you just like the visual version of our show. Um, and ring that bell. Ring that bell I got. <laughs> until, until next time, entertain us so we can entertain you and you can entertain this. We'll see you guys next Friday. See ya. Bye. Bye. This episode of Entertain This was written by Alex Steele, with additional commentary from Nick Mustakangas and Michael Savoya. Our showrunner and resident fact-checker is Chloe Price. Our theme music is Rush Bubble by Aaron Spencer, with additional interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening.